I love that idea of better. Uh, the idea that no matter what is going on right now, God has a better day ahead. His promises are bigger and better than even the pain that some of us might be experiencing today. Hey, I want to take a moment and pray right now. Uh, if you would just join with me. Father, we come before you today. We thank you for this covenant that has been given to us, a better covenant built on better promises. And I'm praying for every person that is dialing in today to connect with us uh, in this service. Father, that you are bringing peace, that you are bringing healing, that you are bringing provision, that you are bringing your grace and your presence to their world. Father, I pray for every mom that is homeschooling a child that you will give them supernatural grace. I pray for every child that's had their schedule entirely disrupted that the peace of God that passes comprehension would be theirs. Father, I am believing you for better in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hey, well, I'm so glad to be with you guys today. I've got a word in my heart that I want to share uh, that I think is so important. Uh, we're talking about the things which make for peace. Uh, and uh, today, I, I want to encourage peace in your world. Uh, I think all of us are walking through a season of uncertainty and things changing, states opening, states closing, uh, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, uh, stay six foot away, don't worry about it anymore. I mean, it's just all kinds of stuff to consider. It's, uh, it is a season of uncertainty. But uh, I just want to remind us again that there is a promise of peace that Jesus has given us, a peace that comes from heaven. It's not the absence of difficulty or the absence of pressure, but it, it literally is this idea that there is a spiritual strength uh, called peace. Not just a, a light zen sort of thing, but really a spiritual strength called peace that's greater than the pressure uh, that is coming against us. So uh, we've been in a passage of Scripture for a couple of weeks together, uh, just unpacking this a little bit to see what are the things which make for peace. And I want to read again today from Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. It says the Apostle Paul is writing from a jail cell, from his own quarantine situation, says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. So we've been talking about a couple of ideas, uh, things that make for peace. One is you got to make the choice to rejoice. 
while these may not feel like joyful times to you, you can still be a joyful person. You can rejoice in the Lord always. And it's so important. He says, again, I say, rejoice. The second idea is this, is it, you, we got to learn how to run our life from our prayer closet. The Bible is saying here, don't be anxious, don't be worried, bring everything to God in prayer and the peace of God, which surpasses comprehension, will stand guard over your mind and over your heart. You're going to find things in your prayer closet that you're never going to find anywhere else. So I encourage you, just grab those moments to, to pray, to worship, to enter into the presence of God and watch peace come into your world. Uh, last week, I talked about this idea about practice the power of the yield, where the Bible says, let your forbearing spirit be known to all. Uh, the power of, of forbearance, the power of yielding in relationship and yielding to the Lord. Today, I want to talk about this idea for a few moments. Go positive with your mindset. Go positive with your mindset. I'm talking about things that make for peace. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. I think it's uh, interesting that the, the Bible doesn't give us instructions in this passage, especially about what not to think about. In other words, don't think about white elephants. Don't think about orange monkeys, because as soon as you try not to think about something, your mind is drawn to it. Uh, but it does say, think on, let your mind dwell on these things. Now, here's what I've discovered uh, in, in the way that we can think. The truth is, you can get focused on your doubts, or you could get focused on your faith. There's plenty of things to feed doubt, no question, but there's also plenty of things to feed faith. So you could think on the things that feed faith and not focus and dwell on the things that feed doubt. Uh, you could focus on questions, and we all have some for sure, or you could focus on the answers that you do have. You could focus on all the risk, or you could focus on the reward of taking that risk. You could focus on the negatives in life, and everybody has some of those, or you could focus on the positives in life. You could focus on uh, the past, or you could stay focused on the future. I'm saying it's going to be really difficult to maintain peace while you're focused on the negatives in life. You're never going to live a positive life with a negative mindset. And to walk in peace, you got to follow after what the Apostle Paul, he gives us this list of things that we're supposed to uh, dwell on. He says, whatever is truth. In other words, seek after things that ring true to your soul. Whatever is honorable, seek after honor. You know, I think it's, it's amazing to watch the reaction of people when one governor says, we're opening our state 
and people will go, he's an idiot. And another governor will say, we're keeping our state closed down for a little bit longer. And other people will say, he's an idiot. And the truth is, you may or may not agree with everything that leaders decide on, but can I just tell you, leadership is not easy, and you can have an honorable disposition towards your leaders. You could pray for them. You could, you could uh, lean in with honor towards people who are making tough decisions right now. It says that we could focus on whatever is right, whatever is righteous, whatever is pure. The, the Greek word is holy. Whatever things are pure, have those thoughts. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, stay focused on things that are of a, of a good report. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, and the idea literally is praise to God. If there's anything worthy of bringing praise to God, let your mind dwell on these things. This this whole list that is given to us of what we are called to let our mind dwell on is a, a list of positives. And I want to say this uh, because I think it's so important. I think it's missed by so many people. I think people who have even heard this kind of message before, still we all struggle with negativity in our mindset. God wants you to have a positive mindset. And I know some people think, oh yeah, you're just, you know, you're just preaching positive thinking. Yes, I am <laughs> preaching positive thinking. Like somehow people think going positive is a shallow or, um, a, you know, you're not really thinking uh, that much if you're going to go positive. But I want to submit to you that it's actually a whole lot harder to stay positive than it is to go negative. It, it's easy to get negative. It's easy to get cynical. It's easy to get judgmental. That's what's easy. That's, that's where everybody's mind normally goes. But the strength to stay positive is an important thing. What you choose to dwell on eventually determines where you will end up going. So it's not a matter of thinking, of, of saying, I'm not going to think about these negative things. I know, I know, I bet every person that is hearing me today, there's been some point during this whole season that you have laid in bed with a scratchy throat <laughs> or, uh, or a little cough, and you're thinking in your head, I wonder, I wonder if I've got the coronavirus. I wonder if this thing has hit me. Everybody is fighting off negative thoughts. And I want to encourage you today that you would choose to dwell on the positives in life. Choose to dwell on the promises of God. Choose to dwell on the faithfulness of God. Choose to dwell on the things you can be grateful for. Choose to dwell on the things you actually love about that person that might be annoying you uh, in a particular moment. You got to think on where you're going, not just get stuck on where you've been. You got to think on, dwell on the forgiveness of God rather than all of your past mistakes. You got to focus on the help of God rather than your inadequacy in life. Your mind plays a powerful role in your life. 
your mindset plays a powerful role in your life. And all of us have these things in our head that's lodged in our brain. We have attitudes, we have paradigms, we have opinions, we have perspectives, we have thoughts that are, that are in our head. And some of it is helping us, but some of it is actually harming us. Because the Bible says that there is right thinking and wrong thinking. And the worst thing that could happen is if our thinking would be wrong, but we think it's right, that's what's going to get us in more trouble than almost anything. The Bible says that there is a right understanding and there is a wrong understanding. If you start from the wrong starting point, you're never going to end up in a good place. There's futile thinking the Bible talks about, then there's fruitful thinking. There's a, a darkened understanding, but then there's also an enlightened understanding. A big part of you being able to become more like Jesus, of learning how to succeed in your world the way God wants you to, the, the big part of becoming the person that you've been called to be a big part of you living the abundant life that Jesus has called us all to live has to do with how you think and what you're thinking about. It's, it's about getting your head on straight. It's about exchanging your old thoughts for God's thoughts. And that is a lifelong journey for all of us. You are the thinker of your thoughts. Think about that for a minute. Think about it, young person. You are the thinker of your thoughts. There's a lot of things people can help you with, but here's one thing that no one can do for you, is think your thoughts for you. And so it is so important to think about what we're thinking about. What you think, your thoughts, how you think, the patterns of thinking, whether the pattern of your thinking is always negative and cynical and judgmental and finding fault and finding wrong, uh, it's easy to drift into that. You got to get a better model of thinking about life. I was reading recently about a guy named Richard Feynman. He won the Nobel Peace Prize in physics in, in 1965 and widely regarded as one of the greatest physicists of all times. And uh, when he was a, a child, he, he was brilliant. Uh, he, his teacher could tell he was getting bored in class. And so yeah, the teacher gave him a book, Advanced Calculus by Woods, and he studied it. And in reading this book, he came across a model of thinking, a model of physics to utilize. And he says the book showed how to differentiate parameters under the integral sign. Come on, you do that every day, don't you? But differentiate parameters under the integral sign. I don't even know what that really means. I'm not a physicist. But he says it's a certain operation. It turns out that it's not taught very much. In universities, they don't emphasize it, but I caught on how to use that method 
And I used it over and over and over again. So I got a hit. Richard Feynman says, I got a great reputation for being able to solve problems no one else could solve because I had a toolbox, I had a mental model, I had an approach that other people weren't utilizing, and it allowed him to be one of the greatest physicists of his lifetime. When the Bible talks about repenting, it's literally talking about changing your mind. It's talking about getting a new mental model. And that's what Philippians 4 is giving to us. It's giving us a model that positive thinking, the things that are true, that are pure, that are holy, that are honorable, that are of good report, they're excellence, they're worthy of praise, that's your box, that's your framework, that's, that's your box of tools. Can I say that your mind is one of the great battlegrounds of your life? And it's the, it's, I would say it's even the main battleground for your peace. If you can win the battle in your brain, if you can win the battle in your mind, if you can win the battle in your thought life and your mental model, you can win the battle for peace in your world. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. In other words, these are, these are battle terms, battle words but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses or strongholds. We're destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's, that's warfare mentality, talking about the battle going on in, in your brain. If you're defeated in your mind, you're going to live defeated in your life. It's not what's happening to you, it's how you process it in your brain. If you can get the victory in your mind, you can get the victory in your life. So we all have to choose on purpose, think positive thoughts. I think so many of us are battling these strongholds that are in our minds. It's patterns of thinking about work or about money or about generosity or about self-image or about ministry, about relationships. It's a battle that's going on, and you've got to have the right toolbox. You've got to have the right mental model. You've got to have the right outlook that the Bible describes to us in Philippians 4. Hey, Isaiah 55, verse 8, God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, they don't return there without watering the earth, making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to sowers, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I desire. It will succeed in the matter for which I sent it. And so the Bible is drawing a contrast between thoughts and ways. God's thoughts compared to our thoughts. God's ways compared to 
our ways. And what the Bible is telling us here is this God's word, God's thoughts, God's ways bring forth accomplishment. They bring forth success. God's way, God's thought is so much higher than our ways. Higher thoughts always lead to higher ways. Albert Einstein said this one time, the thoughts that have created the problems we face are not the same thoughts that will solve those problems. And here's what I want you to think about. This idea that all the thoughts that you have have created the world you have today. If your world is going to go to better, if your world is going to go to higher, if your world is going to go to increase, if your world is going to go to peace, then you might have to think different thoughts because all the old thoughts have created this life. But there is a better life. God's ways, God's thoughts are higher and better than ours. There, there's many arenas in life that we're going to have to exchange our old way for God's way. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. I love this verse because it tells me this idea. You can change anything and everything in your life if you change your mind about it. In other words, you could change your prayer life by getting greater thoughts on prayer. You, you could change the anointing that's on your life by getting greater thoughts about the anointing. You could change your marriage by getting greater thoughts about marriage. You could change your finances by getting greater thoughts on finances. You're never gonna rise higher than the way you think about something. And, uh, and you've got to give yourself, please listen to me say this. You've got to give yourself permission to say, I think I've changed my mind about this. Don't stay loyal to a way of thinking that's not even working for you anymore. I don't know why we do this. I find myself doing it. Sometimes we, we trap ourselves by keeping some sort of strange set of loyalty to a way of thinking that's not producing the life we want, but we still feel loyal to sticking with it. Hey, listen, let's exchange some of our old thoughts for God's higher thoughts, God's higher ways, God's promises, God's positive for our life. Ephesians 4 verse 23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The, I like this phrase, the spirit of your mind. It's, it's the framework. It's, it's the mindset, the spirit of your mind. It really determines everything. Your outlook is determined by what you're looking out from. The things your mind dwells on are going to eventually be the direction your life ends up going. So if you're dwelling on what could go wrong, that's where your mind is, that's where your life is going to go. If you're dwelling on the better promises of God, on the better thoughts of God, that's where your life is going to go. Now, I just want to say your mind is not unspiritual. It's not like, oh, I've got this spiritual relationship with God and my mind is, an, is another category 
altogether. It's simply a tool that God gave you to use for your life. We're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Ben Carson, who is uh, now serving in our government, was a, was a brain surgeon for many years. And he always talked about how much people don't really utilize the full capacity of their minds. Your mind, your thoughts, your framework, the spirit of your mind can either be lifting you or it can either or it can otherwise be a huge detriment to you. Hey, we're all in this set of circumstances together. And it would be easy for our peace to be stolen. And that's why the Bible is encouraging us no matter what the set of circumstances is that is around you, you can set your mind on higher things. Colossians 3 verse 1 tells us this. If then you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking. You don't just get it and have it forever. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. You know, I believe your mind is the door to your heart. It's possible that a person could have a good heart but have terrible thoughts. Oh, he's just got a good heart. Bless his heart. And, and the truth is, it's very possible to have good intentions, to have a good heart, but to not have a good, clear, biblical mind. A, a good heart doesn't replace a good mind, nor does a good mind replace a good heart. And so you got to keep seeking for this higher life by thinking higher thoughts, by dialing in to the positive. Think on these things that are pure, that are lovely, that are of good report, that are of excellence, that are holy, that are worthy of praising God. It's time for some of us to change our mind, change our mindset, change your mind about the future. Come on, you got to know the Bible has promised you a hope and a future. You got to focus on that idea. Change your mind about your finances. Maybe you've taken a financial hit in this season. But can I just tell you, God is still a God who provides for you, for you. Maybe it's time to change your mind about relationships. I know I've had to make some changes there. Maybe it's time to change your mind about your self-worth, the value God puts on your life to think differently. Maybe it's time to change your mind about the inner conversation that's going on in your head. You know what? It might be time for some of us to change our mind about serving Jesus with our whole heart, about us changing our mind, being fully committed to our relationship with the Lord. I wanna pray with you today. 
you know, I, I can't think of a better thing to do to walk you into the peace of God than you will open your heart and open your mind to the love and the lordship of Jesus Christ. It may be that you've never really just surrendered to his love. I, I would love to pray with you. Come on, let's take that first step together. Maybe you used to be close to the Lord, but something has come between you and your relationship with God. Maybe you drifted, maybe you made a decision, maybe something happened to you, but today's a great day for you to come back home. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you really stand with God. I would like for us all just to pray together. So if you're able to, wherever you are, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes, and let's all just pray this prayer together. Everybody, let's say this together. Say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love and to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start and a new beginning as I surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen.